With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk about a pressure penalty from a man who hasn't always had the cleanest record, but he converts this one with cheek. With style, with coolness, Arsenal snatched at the death. Good evening, everybody. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you might be listening to this podcast, welcome back to the same old Arsenal episode number nine. Um, tonight, I am joined by, of course, my co-host Lee Judges. Lee, how are you? Hello, Tom. Yeah, I could be a lot better. I'm Craig. I'm Craig. I'm Craig. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Tom. Tom's the guest. Yeah. 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 You're not on the Guna talk oh, now. It's too late. It's it's too late for us already. <laughs> should, should we try that again, Lee? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. Wherever you might be, welcome to the same old Arsenal podcast. <laughs> Episode number nine. Joining me this evening, Lee Mark Judges. How are you, mate? Take five. Yeah, I'm all right. Thank you very much, Craig. I Good. could be better. I could be better, but I'm breathing, so that's the main thing. Yeah, we're, we're on the right side of the turf, as they say, here in Ireland. And making his debut show tonight, another debut. A uh, very good friend of mine in the world of podcasting and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and et cetera, et cetera. It's Mr. Tom Canton, the host of the Guna Talk. How are you, sir? I'm very well, sir. I'm very honoured to be invited onto your great brand new show. Of course, mate. The pleasure is all ours. The pleasure is all ours. Um, It's hard. This is a hard one for me tonight because you might be able to hear it in my tone of voice. I really don't want to talk about Arsenal tonight. I've got to be honest. Um, I'm sick and tired of watching half-assed performances. I'm sick and tired of Arsene Wenger using the same excuse week after week after week. 
I'm sick and tired of players coming out in the paper, on social media, backing the man. If you're backing Arsene Wenger, then I need to see it on the pitch. Last night was probably one of, got to be top three worst Arsenal performances I've ever seen in my life. Lee Judges, you were there. Did it look any better being there live? No, I have to say that. I I had the great pleasure of going with Tom last night, so um, uh, he won't be invited again after that performance. (laughs) It's absolutely shocking uh, from the first minute to the last. Tom Tom will tell you as well, like, you know, the atmosphere in there yesterday was was unbelievable, like, you know, for the... um, the singing against Arsene Wenger, the, the players I've never ever heard in all my times of um, following Arsenal, um, anybody ever go at the players like that. I've never seen it before. I've never seen it before. Uh, walking over, they was being told to f off and everything like that. You know, it is now. It's just become unbearable over there, Craig. It really has. It, it's, and I, I'm, I'm like you. Do you know that I'm like you? Where today I've just don't want to talk about Arsenal no more. Do you know what? I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. Like you know, I, I I've, I've walked down the street today, and I had a Tottenham fan come up to me, saying, oh, "I recognise you on Arsenal Town fans TV," and and then proceeded to take the piss out of me. Um, and someone said today, I don't know if this is true. That we are 14 points behind Spurs. The last time that happened was in 1963. My God, I wasn't even born then. Yeah. It is. My just... mum was four. There you go. Now I'm telling you that now. If if a manager, I don't give a monkey's if it's Arsene Wenger, Pep, Klopp, Koeman, or Allegri, whoever becomes to be the manager of our club, if they're 10 points behind Tottenham going into the final stretch of the season. They should be sacked. And it's the same for this man now. He should be... I don't think he should be sacked. He should, he should have walked. I can't mm. believe the arrogance of the man. He should have resigned last night in the press conference. He should have resigned last night. If he loved Arsenal Football Club like he proclaims that he does, he would have. Because there's no way back for him, Craig. There's no way back for him whatsoever after what I see last night. I have to agree. I, mean, I, I, I went on Twitter, Twitter today and there's still people that proceed to back the man, right? Um, I was having a Twitter conversation with someone earlier. I won't mention his name. But he says, I'll judge him in May. And I said to him, did you judge him last, mate? Did you judge him the May before that? Did you? Do you know? I said, I said, okay, let me put this scenario to you. I said, we finished... 7th, 8th, we lose the cup semi-final, we get beaten by Spurs at White Hart Lane, how will you judge him then in May? And I'm still waiting for an answer. Because people, I believe that people who now back Arsene Wenger are just turning into trolls, are just doing it for a laugh. Honestly, that's how I feel. Because I can't see how anyone can want the man to stay here, Tom? Am I am I mad? Am I? I I just 
I am so disillusioned with this football club at the moment. I just I honestly don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Likely, I walked up the road this morning to work. You know, and I've uh, the butchers across the way from the hotel. They're all Chelsea fans. They're all banging on the window at me as I'm walking down the street. You know, it's embarrassing, man. Mm. It's. I think it's be, it's gone beyond a point where it's defendable, uh, and so I understand your frustration. <laughs> Uh, I remember when we used to go and talk together and, uh, and, and and way before I even came on and I was just a guest, I would be one of the ones who, who would come and defend Wenger and say that I think he, he deserves to decide when he has to go and, and, and all of this, which I I have now come to learn that I, and I've turned around admitted that that was incorrect and I am now, I have completely changed my mind on the situation. And, and last night was just another nail in the coffin for me to prove that the club has, or not the club, but football has has moved past Wenger's like, applicable knowledge of the game, and and he's no longer able to take us forward in this modern day era of football. And and last night we got we didn't look like that. Crystal Palace did not look like the team that are fighting to stay in the league. We certainly looked like that, and we were playing like a team that are down in the bottom half of the table and far down in the bottom half of the table. And and for people to come out and and, and try and defend. Anything from that performance, or anything from, or, or try and convince us that this will improve, or he has the capabilities to improve us, or or take us to that next level, it can be based off complete guesswork and and complete uh, utter just disregard for what's happening on the pitch and what has been happening on the pitch for the last what ten years. So it's absolutely incredible i find that people still have the 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 passion and the commitment to to somehow defend what is going on at the moment i don't mind people defending them tom i really don't but i need a reason i need a reason why they want him to stay not one of them can give me an answer this do you know what i mean this is what i'm saying Ooh. the, the you know, I, I say, okay, give me one footballing reason why Arsene Wenger should continue manager as Arsenal. Can't get an answer. I cannot get an answer off none of them. You know, I don't want to turn this. I don't. I don't want to turn this. Yeah, I don't want to turn this into a Wob AKB podcast because that's not what we're about. But I'm just saying. I, you know, I, I have the greatest respect for people that are pro Wenger. Right? If you want Arsene Wenger to stay as Arsenal manager that's fine but don't come to me telling me how good he is and this that and the other and this is why we should you know I can't get a reason off of none of them Lee when you have this conversation with people who are pro Wenger can you get an answer no I don't get an answer from all I I, I was talking to uh, funny enough I met a few people on the train coming home that were when I went to the Sutton game and I I had a conversation with them and they were very much Wenger in and I walked onto the train station yesterday and I said to them, you're still bingering off your change of mind. And every one of them turned around and said, he's got to go. Mm. Every one of them changed their mind. How long ago was that? Five, six, seven, eight weeks ago. That's how it's changed. Now, there's, there's a lot of anger in the, in the stands yesterday. And this is the thing that I like to go on today. When, when, it, when they started singing about Cronkite, it wasn't a great deal. It wasn't the passion that it was last year. And the reason there's not the passion last year that there is this year is because he has put his hand in his pocket and spent ninety million pounds. So all of a sudden the blame shifted off of him, and it shifted onto to Wenger. 
and quite rightly so. I watched that game yesterday, like Craig, as you have done. We have just wasted ninety million pound. Wasted. Yes. Nineteen million pounds. Well, oh, Lee, I've got to say this. I, 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 sorry to interrupt you there. Now, I, I will say this. Yes, Mustafi and Xhaka are not really performing to what we would hoped. But I will say this, and you can come at me, mate. Please feel free. Mustafi is still only young, and Xhaka is still only young. I still believe that they could. They, they, I still believe that they can become good players for us. I, I believe that, mate. I, 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 RIC Mustafi is a long-term replacement for Koscielny. Okay. Right. He's not the centre half that Arsenal Football Club have needed this season, last season, and for since the last four or five years. He does not win one header, Craig. Mm. Did not win one header last night in the game. He's not a dominant centre half that we need. Um, but I, I accept the, 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 the point that p- probably in the long term we needed to get him now so that when Koscielny can't play, he can come in for him. Arsenal need to sign a big centre-half that when the ball's being thrown in there, is going to defend it properly. That's the first thing. As for Shaka yesterday, right, he's had a great game against West Ham. Yeah, I watched him yesterday. I'll tell you what, like, I thought Mertesacker was slow. You know what I mean? It'd be a, it'd, I'll tell you what, it'd be an exciting 100 metres race for them two. I'll tell you, it'd take about two minutes before it finishes, but it'd be an exciting race who wins it. They, he is slow. What does he do to contribute in the game? He had an opportunity, Tom Atelier, yes, he had an opportunity to shoot six times yesterday. He never shot once. Yeah. Shot once. You know, Tom? £90 million. Pound, we'll see. Uh, you know, people have criticised Cockerland, quite rightly so. But I'm telling you that now, Cockerland's better than him. For what we need, Cockerland will do a better job than him. He's mm. supposed to be their shield back four. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't want to get in front of him when the arrows are flying. I'll tell you, like, you know what I mean? Because I've had more holes in than, than, than the sieve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he don't <laughs> nothing. I don't protect nothing. What about? You know what I mean? What about the performance of... I hate singling out this man, but I have to do it again. There's probably two of them, actually, that I have to single out yesterday. Bellerin and Ozil, uh, for me yesterday, were absolute tosh. Tom, you were at the game with Lee. Did you see the same? Did you see the same as me, or did you see any different? No, completely. I think Bellerin's had a complete and utter awful 2017 so far. Um, I think he's completely dropped off. Uh, I've seen some rumours flying about that supposedly he's going to go in for surgery at the end of the season um, because he's been nursing a knock all the way through this so far, which I can't understand why hasn't... I understand slightly why he hasn't been taken out now for this surgery, if it is true, because you look at who who do we play at right back. Obviously, we've got Gabriel Jenkinson is not cutting the mustard whatsoever, and, and Debushi's seemingly always injured. So so who do you play? Um, but at the same time, he's not playing well. Gabriel had, had a decent stint, I thought, at right back. I thought he played very well when we played West Ham uh, in the Olympic Stadium, when he played right back there. So if he's injured and he's performing poorly, there's no reason why we can't take him out the firing line. In terms of Ozil, um, obviously me, me and Lee went with, um, and we met with uh, good friends Mike and, and Ollie yesterday as well. And, and I was telling, talking to Ollie yesterday, I was saying that 
it's ironic that for Ozil to be a player that's so focused around team play, it's ironic how we make him look such an individual in mm. the team. And, and such an individual player who seemingly needs players around him um, to make him look better like he did in Real Madrid. But he looks so isolated in, in, in the pitch. He doesn't he doesn't go searching for it like other players do. He doesn't make things happen. He looks so isolated. So he looks like when he's on the ball that he's on his own. And, and for a player that's built his whole game around feeding other players and trying to help out the game and creating assists and chances, to, to be so isolated is, is an incredible way... To, to analyse a team, especially when you consider that Wenger's mentioned that it, it's supposedly building the team around this guy, around this such an influential player, that he can be so alone in the middle of the park that it's abject of any creativity. And I thought, I, I can't, and we were saying, Lee, and I was talking to you at the game, saying that we need, we should be taking him off. He ha- he should come off because he's provided nothing. He provides no injection of pace. He provides no incisive passes, which we're so used to him doing back in the glory days of when he joined. Uh, and there's no reason why Oxlade-Chamberlain can come in playing that central role and a bit more advanced up the pitch to be that guy who runs at the Crystal Palace defence. Mm forces them to make decisions, forces them to, to, to make problems and, and be that guy because Ozil's not doing it at the moment. But it's so the loyalty goes so far beyond what we know as normal and unacceptable that it's it's coming back as, as a massive negative and it's costing us. Joining us, um, very, uh, very, at very short notice, is Mike from Gooners in the USA you, podcast. You, Welcome, you, mate. Welcome. You, You've made a huge. You've made a huge mistake, Craig. I, 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 <laughs> this is a new podcast. I don't know why you would undermine your own growth in this way. But uh, but the, all I wanted to do was listen to it so I could go to bed. And and now you've brought me on it. But well, there you go. How are you doing, guys? Very well, I'm mate. Very well. How did <laughs> you? Uh, you saw me. How did you enjoy your trip? How or how are you enjoying your chip? Chip your trip? Oh, boy. Trip to London. Yeah, it's. Uh, Eight, day 18 of 18 I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow for berlin and and uh i can't say it was boring uh, <laughs> this, this was kind of kind of an interesting time to be here and, and and you know i'm i i don't know what you guys have or haven't talked about already obviously but uh uh last night was i felt i overstayed my welcome just a little bit <laughs> uh, with the whole arsenal situation was you at the game it, last night right? did you go yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I rode I rode the train down and back with uh, with Lee and and Tom and Ola um, and and sat with a couple of other friends. But uh, yeah, uh, we've got a couple of videos actually that I took that have kind of gone a little bit crazy on on Twitter. But uh, of the Bellerin throw in and uh, or the kind of delayed throw in and and the the applause or lack of it after the game and and it just it's a surreal experience right now. It's not a good time to be an Arsenal sure fan right now, Lee, uh, Mike. Is it? It's you know, I, I, we're just talking to Lee. I was just talking to Lee and Tom there, you know, about how I'm so disillusioned with the club at the moment. Um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to feel. You know, people say to me, I had a fellow say it to me the other day actually. He said, "Well, Arsenal's not life," you know, and I said, "Well, well hang on a minute." I said, "To to some people, it is." I said, "Not." You know, it's not yeah. life or life or death, but I, you know, it's, I, 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 I gave him, I gave him this, I gave him this scenario. I said, "You have a religion, don't you?" He says, "Yeah, that's right." I said, "You practice your religion." He says, "Yeah, that's right." I said, "Well, I haven't got, I, I, I haven't got a, a holy religion." I said, "My religion is Arsenal Football Club." And he looks at me and he said, uh, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you." 
But I'm uh, just so disillusioned at the moment. I suppose it has to has a lot to do with what what you've been through in your life as to whether you consider it life or not. I mean, you know, if you've lost a parent, if you've lost, God forbid, a, you know, somebody else, it, it's easier to put into perspective. But by the same token, uh, I mean, this is something – I'm 44 years old and I've devoted 30 years of my life uh, or, or large parts of 30 years of my life to uh, to Arsenal. And I know you guys have as well, and, and it's it, – it's, it's difficult to watch what's going on, and, and, and actually, I, I, we just finished uh, doing our, our podcast uh, tonight, and I, I liken the situation right now, and I hate to make this analogy, but when there's one thing that's wrong in a, in a medical situation, uh, you, can, you can focus on it, you can address it, you can, uh, you can get all of your, your medical knowledge together, and you can just attack it and make changes and fix it, hopefully. But when something is allowed to fester and metastasize as it has to where we don't know whether just fixing the coaching situation will change or whether the ownership has got to change or whether the players have got to be flushed out and start all over again, it's metastasized to a point where we don't necessarily have any approach that's going to be guaranteed to fix it. And that's why I fear for the next five to seven years for Arsenal Football Club right now, uh, because it, the, we're going to be trying to plug holes where other holes have been created already, and, and that's you know last night watching the the abuse towards the fans, uh, I'm sorry Why towards the players is unfortunate but understandable. Oh, it does uh, too. But I, I I just don't know what the solution is going to be. Yeah, did you just hear that? By the way, <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, wh- why don't your boyfriend take my car? Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear it? I heard somebody yapping in the background. Yeah, like, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was too busy talking to listen to what it was. Uh, I'm just sorry, Mike. I really apologise. I'm just going to my uh, my notes here, and uh, there's an advert on them. Why doesn't your boyfriend take my car? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> there's a video on them. I don't know how, but there you go. Uh, <clears throat> Lee, 14 damning moments that summed up Arsenal's humiliating defeat to Crystal Palace. Lee, did you know that the Arsenal team arrived only 45 minutes before kickoff? Did you know that? Uh, we did hear something. We did hear that. Mike, Mike's very informative, knows a few people, and it was, um, it was highlighted. The it Arsenal coach been... arrived at Selhurst Park at 7.13pm. Well, that just about sums everything up at the moment. Like, you know, it's... Um, uh, you know, it, it is everything at the moment so wrong about Arsenal. And uh, one of the things I just want to go on to just quickly, it, it, there's rumours going around that he signed a contract. There's rumours going around that they've not offered a contract. Now, let's put it into the scenario that he's not offered him a contract. Do you think he's not bothered? They're not offering him a contract, um, so lose or draw. That's a good question, and... Um, and one I've pondered: Has he, has he given up the fight? Has he, you know, has he, yeah, has he given it up? Fight. Is he sticking his middle? Is he sticking his middle finger up to the fans? I've, I've actually, I have actually thought about it. Um, Three weeks ago, he said it, he's made his decision. Now, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what was that all about? Well, I think his decision, Mike, was to stay, and I don't think it, this, this is what I think now. Maybe the Arsenal ball of not. Said, well, we're not sure yet, Mister. See what happens at the end of the season, and I think 
My scenario is this, right? If if he gets us into top four and he leaves, and then say Allegri comes in and takes us to the next level, wins the Champions League, a Hassan Fengood, I think, would be a very bitter man. So he should he should be if that happens. I mean, but but that's his problem. I mean, it's yeah. so so. I think at the minute he's just lost that little bit of uh, determination, I suppose, because I, I, what I see with what the teams are turning out at the moment. It's just something not right. There's something not right at this football club. Now, why are they not coming out? Listen, I'm going to tell you this now. If they come out and say, Arsene Wenger signing for a new new two-year contract, am I going to be happy with that? No. What can I do about it? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. I can't do nothing about it. I can say I'm not going to go. If I don't go, somebody else will take my place. If he says he's not going, uh, sorry, he he is going, then... As an Arsenal fan, I'm going to back him to the end of the season regardless of what, because you know that he's going. So why are they not coming out and saying something? It is beyond me. It's now. all very it's secretive beyond. and I don't like it. I, I, I don't know if perhaps... It does, make you th- it does make you think they don't know what they're doing. I mean, they really don't know what well, they're doing. Well, that's because, Mike, because there, is no one, there is no one on that board who, who's a football fan. They, they're having a clue. Do you know? Well, that's they, they expect. They expect to be a bit. Sorry, Arsenal go ahead. Club, this great club. You know, this club that moved into away from the Highbury into this magnificent stadium. We don't know what we're doing. Mm. I think yeah. they expected the ability to have a soft landing and a, and, a, and a point at which it would be clearly okay to announce the extension of the contract. And the reality is setting in that that the opportunity for that might have been in October and early October and not now, and that there may not be an opportunity between now and the end of the season to do that. And and the reality is setting in that things are just absolutely spiraling out of control, and, and I'm starting to change my mind on whether that contract is done and dusted already because – yeah, how do you get out? I've got to agree with Mike now. I've got to agree. If they, if they were giving him a new contract, surely they would have they would have announced it by now. I I can't see how. Tom Tom Canton, let's bring you back in, mate. I, with the way the club is at the moment, I can't see how they can offer Arsene Wenger a new contract. I, I don't think it's uh, <laughs> uh, what I conversation earlier that was extremely enlightening because we talk about how Arsenal is supposed to be run uh, or not supposed to, I don't agree with it the way it's run but it's supposedly run as a business it's, it's run to make money now a business in order to make money has to be a successful business a football club through success comes through what happens on the pitch um, and it, it does relate you can argue that oh it's only finishing fourth but finishing fourth is a success for a football team in the top flight because it brings in a lot of money. We're now extremely unlikely to finish in that top four slot, it's, it appears. I mean, we've got games in the hand over the likes of Liverpool where we can go within three points, but that's a lot of hypothetical situations. And if we can't beat Palace, who's to say that we can beat anyone else in the league? So, to, to, if we finish outside the top four, that's a huge amount of money that we're missing out on. And therefore, it isn't going to be a sex- successful season on the pitch or financially. And therefore, to, to think that the club can continue with the current management if the business is therefore failing, 
would go against any law of business that I can think of. And this is coming from someone who knows hardly anything about business. Otherwise, I'd be uh, not sitting at home at 11 o'clock at night in, in tracky shorts. And I'd be sitting in something a lot more comfortable. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just can't understand how we can continue if, if we don't become financially viable within the league itself. And if there is no... Uh, projection of, of progress or improvement or keeping up with other businesses, so-called businesses, I'm speaking about football clubs in the league, who are progressing, who are, who unfortunately, and this is where you have to put out Spurs, who are having more success, who are building something, who are who have an end goal both financially and with their success on the football pitch. And it's not something that Arsenal is a club that we are having anymore. And it's incredibly surprising to think that We've spent the last 10 years trying to make this club so stable financially and, and put in our success on the field with a back seat, it has to be said, and, and put it behind the likes of staying financially viable to think that now we're in a situation where both of these things are very unstable and very unsure. That's what's shocking to me more than anything. I think mm. our financial stability is actually very secure in the sense that, I mean, when we start losing some of the income that we're used to getting from the Champions League and from yeah. sponsorship, that 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 the the method to cope with that will be to reduce our liabilities. I mean, it's balancing a balance sheet. I, I mean, anyone with uh, with some business background knows that you know that that our our business, our arsenal, is better at doing that than just about any business in you know in the in the Premier League and. My fear is that when the Champions League money stops coming in, the payroll gets slashed, and we still remain profitable, which makes Kroenke happy, which makes whoever else other than Kroenke might be happy. Mm. But I mean, they, they, and and that's why I see that, uh, that that we're a little bit different than the examples recently of a Chelsea or a Liverpool who have dropped down, and uh, or even Manchester United specifically who have dropped down and redoubled their efforts to get back up, and that's what scares me the most. Let me let me feed you the example of of uh, a business where you bring in um, and and speaking in like a yearly terms, you bring in uh, people who are experts in their field to boost your to boost your sales and something. So you're going to pay them more wages because they're in, they're experts. In the same way that you spend a lot of money to bring in supposedly more professional, more uh, ability wise, they're much better at the game. You bring in those people like Mustafi, like Xhaka this summer, spending more money on these players. For them, your success to go down is surely extremely counter counterproductive when, when, when looking at it on that scale. So surely there's been a huge mistake. It points uh, to one person. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's a common variable for every year. And that's that's the reason why I completely changed my stance on Wenger is because all the way up until 2013, I, I, I said that um, he, he's done an amazing job. The, he's kept us in the Champions League with players like Danielson, like Squilacci, like Arshavin and all these players. Um, and yet, but now we've got money, we're spending, we're bringing Alexis, we're bringing an Ozil, and yet there's still no progression. But there's only one common variable across all of these years, and I can't get what the club don't see in that. Or maybe they do, but I mean, that's a discussion for another time, I guess. Lee, Lee uh, <coughs> go on, sorry, mate. Over the last few seasons, my anger and frustration has been if only we just got this one player, only if we mm. just gone out and spent this other player. We just need two players and we could be a really, really good side. Do you really think that, though? No. Looking back on what's happening now, I mean, do you, do you really think that, that, with, that with him in charge, that would have 
it's easy to, 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 to think that, but I mean, it, it, I'm starting to wonder whether no matter who we have, it's still going to end up like it did last night. That's a good point. Do you Sorry, Lee. I, 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 I didn't mean to step on you, Lee, but... but we, we get a performance like that last night. After what I've just seen uh, tonight with Barcelona. I, I, look at, I look at that Juventus team, let's be honest. I don't think they're man for man. They've got some good players. They've got some ordinary players. They've got some, some bloody leaders. I'll tell you what, that's what they've got. That's the thing. They've got about five captains. They've got some proper men. But pound for pound, you know, they're, they're not, not no different to us. I'm sorry, lads, but they're coached and managed properly. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. When that, when Barcelona had bought that ball, there was no gaps and there was no one running. There was no left back running up the, the left to left wing. They stood in their positions. They knew exactly what they was doing. You know, we watched it yesterday, Tom. Come on, we got bloody Monreal and Bellerin as their two white two attacking players. You know, they're not. Then we don't we don't set up properly. And Arsene Wenger's got to take the blame for that. I'm sorry. You know, we we. We're too vulnerable. We're too open. Listen, this is a team that's conceded three goals in their last four away games on the trot. Yeah. <laughs> that tells you it's that they're not working on things. I think I read a stat it's today. Here I go again. It's the same old Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read I read a stat today. I might be you're, a few you're years. You're a marketing geniusly. I might Thank be a f- very much right. I might be a few years out, but that's the first time we've lost four consecutive away games since 1929. I think. Oh. Um, it's ridiculous the amount of stats. Yeah, uh, I remember when that happened. It was awful. <laughs> it's the first time Crystal Palace have beaten us since beaten us at Selhurst Park since 1979. Yeah, we, we were trying to think about that on the street last night. Yeah, we were. <laughs> that is actually the, last time? the year I was born. Was that the game we were- you guys mentioned? We even spoke to a Palace fan and we were like, when was the last time you beat us? And he couldn't remember. Right. He remembered a game at Highbury where they won 2-1, I think it was. Um, in 79. He, he was trying, struggling to think of when Palace beat us. But the amount of stats that are coming out um, after yesterday's game, incredible. I saw a stat that, that, that posted uh, in a chat I was in. That it said the last time Arsenal's club captain started a league match was on the 22nd of November 2014. Yeah, Mikhail Oteta. We talked about that. Manchester United, wasn't it? On our podcast, Something like that. Manchester United at home. Yeah, here, here's a... I'll tell you what, it's laughable. It is. That is laughable in itself. Mm. What does that tell you? Yeah. Leaders. I don't, I don't mean to commandeer this, but, and, and we're going to merge the podcast together, but as long as we're talking about the captain, this was a question we just asked. Who, who would you have as your captain next season? Oh. I mean, let, let's... I mean, let, uh, default is going to be Koscielny, but... That's obviously mm. not working. Who who on this team right now would you have as captain? If he stays, Alexis. Yeah, Alexis. Captain of Chile. Don't don't set don't don't accept second best. We'll challenge Wenger. Alexis for me. I'm gonna play devil's advocate on that because yeah. the way he acts on the pitch now with his moody tantrums and his I'm the best player on this team. You should pass me the ball, kind of attitude. Oh, I don't know about giving Alexis the captaincy. I don't know about that. Yeah. He leaves my example with his with, with his intensity, but but his his mentality yeah. is a little too me first. Yeah. Would your um, opinion change if you knew he would be here next year? No. 
I'll tell you who I'd make captain of Arsenal. I'll tell you who I'd make captain of Arsenal if he comes back next year, and that's Jack Wilshere. Uh, excellent. I'd bring him back. That's what Andy said. I'd bring him back and I'd say, is there you go, Jack. Start, though? Like we say that they haven't started games. Is he good enough to start every game still? God, he is. For us, maybe. Not for Bournemouth. Yeah. But for us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't tell me Jack Wilshere is not good enough to be in this team, Jack, uh, Tom. At the moment, he's definitely good enough. Yeah, I'll put him in straight away. We're talking about a player that's possibly going to leave. And a player that ain't even at the club at the minute is our captain. That just shows you about. That tells you. Well, let me pose a let me pose an alternative, which is uh, a guy who's done it for his club in the past and for his country, and seems to finally be kind of playing his way into being a regular starter. Is Granit Xhaka? Um, he's got some leadership capabilities, and we've just not seen it because he's been put all over the place in various positions, uh, and and is still betting himself into the club. I don't know that he's an awful choice to be your club captain. I was going to say Granite Jacker, but I was going to say Jacker, but I lost my bottle. Um, <laughs> it's a so great... I'll, go, I'll look stupid for you then. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, it would be a ballsy move, and and you know I don't know what happens when you take the captaincy away or the vice captaincy away from from uh, from Koscielny, but uh, I mean. Zaka's got experience doing it, and he certainly seems to care. Good shout. Whether, you know, I mean, how would you give the captaincy to someone who's so ill-disciplined on the pitch, though? Yes, but Tom, let's take let's take a couple of examples there. Where William Gallus? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, oh. <laughs> giving David Beckham, giving David, giving David Beckham the England captaincy was the best move anyone ever made, in my opinion. Um, he was a live wire. He was a he was a knob. You know, let's go back to when he kicked Simeone in the World and it Cup. Worked great for England too, and it worked great. Oh, yeah, and it worked great for Manchester United. And I personally believe if if Beckham hadn't been handed that captaincy, he wouldn't have turned out to be the player he the player he he was. He learnt so much. He grew up so much when that captain's armband was around. You know, was on him. Um, so I think. Giving captaincy to, and I totally get your points on. I think giving yeah, yeah. a captaincy to to a player like that can improve him and slow him down somewhat. If you get what I mean. Oh, if he can say, "I'm the captain. I've got to not not go into these challenges, and and I've got to reform my reputation mm-hmm. so that referees aren't looking for an opportunity to give me yellows and reds." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and, and he's got experience doing it. There's an even wider problem now when you think about the fact that the, the stat I brought up when we started this conversation about our club captain not starting the game since 2014 is that a lot of teams, when you think about who takes on the captaincy, what are they following? You've got to think about what responsibility are they now taking? Because obviously before you had Tony Adams, you had Vieira, massive shoulders that are, are going to take this captaincy from. But it's what are we following? You're following players that aren't on the pitch. You're going to go take advice for them that they've not been playing. What, what are you meant to do? You've got nothing to come from. You've got no inspiration. That's a huge issue uh, that not many people, I don't think, have identified in terms of our captaincy that you expect, oh, Jack Wilshire, give him the captaincy or Jack, give him the captaincy. But where's the experience going to come from within the club to help them be that captain? Mm. I don't think we've got it anymore. I think I mean, the chance. The only reason I say Jack Wilshire is because, you know, he, he's, 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 yeah, he's, yeah, he's the new Arsenal. generation of Mr. Arsenal, isn't he? When he was here. You know, if anyone got chopped, chopped down or fouled, he'd be over. Didn't matter how how big they were, how tall they were, he'd be over. 
fighting at the hills, you know. Fellaini. I mean, do, do you do do you remember that time when we were playing Norwich, and that player pushed Alexis Sanchez into the camera? Not one Arsenal player, not one Arsenal player went over and had a go had a go at that Norwich bloke. Lee Judges, let me ask you: if that had happened, if that had happened in the eighties, what would have happened? Well, exactly. I just you know. Um... As, as we're talking here, they've got David Rowcastle thing on. Um, they've just lined up for that um, uh, League Cup final, and they've just gone. I've just gone through it. Kenny Sampson was the captain, but there was Viv Anderson, Steve Williams, uh, Charlie Nicholas, Paul Davis. All, all could have took all hard men at any given opportunity. Like that. that's five. I just reeled off my hand straight away. There, uh, haven't got that. You know. Those guys. You know, you go back to that time, I think it was a couple of years later, you know, the old Trafford, they had a little bit of a brawl. Do you remember when they had that and we got points deducted? Mm. Because we weren't going to have people taking liberties with us. You know, I, I look at games now and and I see it with other teams. Alexis Sanchez, whether you like him or you don't, he's our star man. There's no two ways about that. <laughs> if they're getting kicked lumps out of, it's, no one's in there doing nothing. I remember mm. a game when... Um, uh, and, and Gary Neville said about it as well that uh, Gary Neville kicked Dennis Burkamp and about uh, you know I got a book in and uh, nothing was said five minutes later Ray Parler smashed Gary Neville as he got up he turned around and said you do that to Dennis that's what you'll get every single time we haven't got no one like that I know the game's changed a little bit but you know where is the you know, like togetherness, yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you what. Other teams have guys like that. Hey, Spurs have got that togetherness. So watch them. They're all like, they, they, they've got that little nasty little side to their game. They've got that little bit of um, uh, devilish in them. They've got that little bit of cheating, conniving little deli alley in them. They've got the whole thing. And we had that in our day with with the Vieiras, you know, uh, Petit, you know, the little... No, not a little devilish in Perez when he had a little dive that time. You know, we had it. We had it all. And what I see now, and this is my biggest growth, is and I said this to Tom last night. I was watching the game. We moved to, from Highbury, the spiritual home, and that is what we're producing now. That's what what we've got. That's the team that we've got. It's it's got nothing to to be excited about. It's got nothing. And Arsene Wenger has created that. And and, I, and and somebody said it yesterday, and this is a big point. The reason this team's been created is because he can't manage big players. Yeah. He can't sell a big superstar player to go through the wall for him like he could do a young kid like Aaron Ramsey or, 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 or a Theo Walcott. And he can't handle the big players. You know, it's very interesting now that Sanchez is a big player. Can he handle him? I don't think he can. And this is the problem... To be a top, top team, you've got to have top, top players. And when along comes top players, they have a little bit of attitude and a little bit of spice. You say about Sanchez and, and what he does and all that, you're telling me that um, Ronaldo's not a little bit arrogant, not a little bit of this, not a little bit of that. I, I, I'm sorry, do you think Ian Wright was easy to manage? Yeah, I get you. I do get you, but... This is, this is the tough thing about, about giving credit to people like Pep Guardiola and... And uh, and Jose and Jose Mourinho to a certain extent is, I mean, 
their their entire careers they've been accused of winning with teams that were already stacked. Same with, uh, and I'll make an American reference. Same with Phil Jackson as a coach of the in the NBA of multiple different teams that had Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant on them. Uh, you know, there, there's a criticism of, oh, well, he's a great coach because he always had great players. But having great players alone and not knowing how to manage them, you you won't succeed. And there is something to be said for the ability. And, and I don't want to cre- I don't want to credit those assholes for being better coaches than Arsene Wenger because they're not. But they certainly know how to handle top talent in a way. And, and, and maybe, maybe Mourinho's lost it a little bit with his management of, 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 of people at Chelsea and recently Luke Shaw. But uh, it, it takes something else to be able to take top players and make them work at their, at their peak levels for you. And, and I don't see any of that in Arsene Wenger anymore. Not anymore, yeah. Not anymore. Here's another fun stat from last night. Mercer Ozil passed the ball to a substitute. <laughs> well, I have a picture of it here. <laughs> yeah. On an evening in which Ozil was once again accused of going missing, the Germans' an anonymous performance was summed up when he mistook Alex, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's yellow bib for an Arsenal away shirt, picking out the substitute with a pinpoint pass. It was yeah. a good pass. A good pass. Did that, did, that, <laughs> did that improve his rating on his? Uh, on his yeah. Does that? Yeah. Rating? Does that? Does that go down as a pass completed? Let's get back to. Let's, let's um, ask his agent. Arsene Wenger last night says we have to bounce back. This is the excuse that I'm getting absolutely furious with because it's the same thing every week. Oh, we have He's to bounce back. We have to bounce back. Okay. <laughs> Just repeat, repeat. Another thing that winds me up, and I want to bring up, I want to bring up, and I want to get your opinions on, is why does he protect the players so much, Lee? Why does Arsene Wenger protect the players? I know he's the manager, and you know, and, and to a degree, he has to a degree he has to protect them, but he overprotects them for me. You know, like a. Yeah. I think um, because they're his players, he picks that team. So if if you criticise the players, he's probably criticising himself as well. I, 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 but there's nothing I, wrong, Lee. There's nothing I wrong. We see it every week on Match of the Day, right? We, we we see it every week on Match of the Day. A manager comes on after he's been, after 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 he's after they've been beaten, and the manager comes out and he says, "We weren't good enough. We weren't." You know, our passing was poor. Our finishing was poor. We didn't create anything. Arsene Wenger comes out and says, "Oh, we were a little bit tired. Oh, we were, we were a little well, bit jaded." Of all the time, and that. Why not? Uh, he, has, he, has, he has actually and said that defending is not is has not been a, we've, uh, defending has been poor over the last few weeks. But he's not come out individually. The ironic thing is that the defending has been poor, and the back four stayed the same. Not one change from there, like you know. I, I'm, I, I think um, time for a change now. I think that you know, Mertesacker will have to come in. I, I do believe that now, um, because wh- whatever happens, we're we're, good, we're we're conceding goals for fun. I, I, I'm dreading going to Spurs in a few weeks' time because you know we're going to get humiliated there if, if this carries on. I, I think it is. Uh, I, we've asked them thinking out. 
I, I don't think he's got anything to lose if he does come out and criticise the players, Craig. You know what I mean? I, I really don't. I think that uh, it was it, it was painful to see that last night. And and you know, shout out. You know, I don't know. I'd love to know how the actual players were feeling when that 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 was going about because it was very very vocal. I've never ever ever heard anybody ever sing that to an Arsenal team and that I can tell you we've had dark days in the Terry Neal era even in the 94-95 season George Graham's last season it was poor I've never ever heard the fans go on the attack at the, at the players um, Lee this is fascinating to me because I mean you have been to hundreds if not thousands of these games this was my third away game ever and the first like London Derby important Premier League game that I've that I've been to away and 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 this is happening so I mean for you to say that's the first time you've ever heard that and 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 I'm I know the away supporters to be some of the most dedicated uh the most positive the most supportive supporters uh you know in the world and to see what happened last night and to frankly be visualizing it and recording it on video I mean I it, it I don't like it but I understand it. No, Mike, I've never. I've, have you ever heard of Arsenal supporters banging on the coach, effing and blinding at the players on the coach? Oh, I've seen it on on Twitter today. I know, yeah. like in the old, it weren't Twitter and things like that. But that was it was never done. I can tell you that now. You know, no one, own, no one was on Twitter complaining in nineteen ninety four. In nineteen ninety four, but. Uh... <laughs> I, I often think about this, you know. Like I was a massive um, Charlie Nicholas fan in the eighties, and I imagine if it was now with Twitter, he'd get as much as much stick as Ozil. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, like he didn't do it one week and not the next. It's fascinating in that context. But I, I listen. We've never ever Arsenal fans have never ever turned on their players before. Never ever. They've never ever turned on their manager until. Arsene Wenger a couple of years ago. The last time they done that was with Terry Neal. Should they have last night turned on their players? Because they did. Never ever players. All the all the times that I've been there, even in the dark days of Terry Neal, it was it was Terry Neal. It weren't the the players. I think at the end of the day, probably if if we look back at that, probably the players weren't good enough. So you accepted it a little bit. But the but I think the feeling is now the players are good enough now. Um, I've never seen it before. I've got to say, last night it, I was upset. What I what I see last night, coming away from there, uh, the fans angry with each other, the 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 anger towards the manager, the anger towards the um, players. Something's got to be said now and done. And I really, um, it's because stopped. it's metastasized, and no one knows where the source is to fix anymore. And so it's just it's being sprayed out at everybody. I heard anti Arsene Wenger chants. I heard anti Stan Kroenke chants. I heard anti, you know, you're not fit to wear the shirt uh, chants. It's just all over the place now because people don't know where to focus it anymore. It used to be easy to say Wenger out, but now <laughs> it's it's festered. It's gotten worse. Fun fun number hey. stat numbers. Fun, fun number stat number three. Right. Hector Bellerin took two wash bags in with him yesterday. 
two wash bags. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to translate what? that to American for me. <laughs> you took two wash bags in. Why do you need two wash bags? I only need one, didn't you? Uh, oh, is this a genuine like? This is a genuine stat. Like, this is a genuine <laughs> stat. This is a genuine thing. I was expecting that to be some sort of punchline. Uh, it was tweeted. It was tweeted by an Alan Tyres, and he put underneath there's a picture of Bellerin walking in with two wash bags, and underneath it says Hector Two Purses Bellerin, Man Deer. Well, he's, got, <laughs> he's got hair to wash now, so you know, like the, the man, the, the man bun is. I mean, the, uh, he he's playing hurt. I feel I feel horrible for Hector Bellerin. I love Hector Bellerin. But it's hard, you know, the, he loses some of the sympathy with that stupid haircut. And the, <laughs> and the, gotta, gotta it was like Shamak. <laughs> Do you know when they made Shamak take that snood off, he became shit. Yeah. When he had the snood on, he was banging goals for fun. Like Nasri with his snood in his loyalty. Yeah. I went as well. Yeah, well, he's just a, looks like a Russian shot putter, than he has it. I can't. I can't complain about Shamak because I revealed myself on worldwide television to have absolutely no hair on the top of my. Head. I bloody liked. I, 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 people people laugh at me, but the first, the early, the early Shamak, I, I loved him, and then all of a sudden, he just, he just went crap. It was weird. Well, that's badly managed, wasn't it? If I'll be honest, he was doing really well. Then Van Persie came back from injury, if you remember. And uh, that was it. He was never used again. Like, and um, then Van Persie got injured again, and everybody expected him to come in and do the business. Yeah, but he had a cracking uh, game in the League Cup, the seven-five game, though. He <laughs> did. That was that was his, his one hurrah. I think he was a player unfairly, another yeah, a, another unfairly treated player. I really do. Um, let's talk about um, for the for the last kind of five ten minutes. Theo Walcott. Um, Let's talk about his his comment um, in his uh, interview after the game. Crystal Palace wanted it more than us. We could see it from the first kick of the game. Mike, we got to say about that. You want to hear a rant from someone who normally doesn't rant, Andy? Uh, we again, we recorded about an hour or two ago. He's never been a Theo Walcott fan. He actually had a run in with Theo in California this summer where, where Theo was a little bit of a, a prima donna. The rest of the team was, was hanging out and signing autographs and chatting, and he, he didn't have time for us. So he's never been much of a Theo fan. But, oh, boy, did he did he crack on Theo for that comment. How is it – now, he was the captain yesterday, no? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. How is it that – and I'll, I'll carry Andy's torch here because he's not here to do it, but um, how is it that the captain – notices from the beginning of the game that a team that is 10 to 11 places below them in the Premier League table has more desire than they do from the beginning. To me, that sounds like intimidation. When you when, when, when it's clear to you that the other team wants it more, you're either not as good as they are or you're intimidated by them. And there's no chance that we're not as good as they are. So, I mean... That says everything. If he felt that way, he should really should have kept that to himself. I yeah. Think. Uh, that, that that was mental. Absolutely, Tom. What what was your reaction when you were reading that this morning? Uh, I'd I'd really really like to say I was surprised by it. Um, 
but I can't. <laughs> uh, I can't say it surprised me uh, at all um, because it's it was evident. I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, he could have lied to us. I mean, there's honesty there, maybe that you can respect. Uh, but uh, above and all, it's it's unacceptable. Um, it's it's just played admittance of, of defeat before you even started. It's that classic cliche of Arsenal Football Club used to win matches in the tunnel. Yeah. And to admit that you're you, you've been defeated just as the game's already started, hardly when a ball's just been kicked, is is incredible. That and if he realised, if he realised in the first five minutes of that game that they wanted it more, at minimum, if the ball goes out of play, if there's a stoppage or whatever, he needs to be shouting as captain. He's be inspiring his players to step up and and fight for the match. Because at a minimum half time, you've got 15 minutes. You're one nil down, and you need to go in there and and, and give it to them. You remember the days and watching us, and I painfully I put myself watching me through the Invincible DVD the other day, um, where where Keown uh, was speaking at half time at the Liverpool match. Um, Jens Lehmann was was talking, and and Thierry Henry was talking when they were uh, one nil down to Portsmouth uh, towards the end of the that season. And I can't imagine any player stepping up at half-time at the moment and, and seriously speaking uh, passionately and, and, and inspirationally to the rest of the team. I could just see him sitting there, going there, heads on their, hands on their knees and, and heads in their hands and just uh, honestly just dejected and, and, and feeling sorry for themselves and, and in no way wanting to psych themselves up for the following 45 minutes. They look defeated before they go out. They look defeated after the game when they're talking. And they look defeated and not willing to fight for a manager who's incredibly under pressure. And I know that a lot of us want want, want change. But as Lee spoke about, that all the fans turned on the players last night. They they didn't care. They did not. They don't care if the man... They come out and say, Ozil's like, we want him to stay. Well, show it then. Because you're not showing it at the moment. And, and it's becoming embarrassing. It's becoming, as, as I think it was Carragher was speaking about, saying that they don't look like players that they want to stay. They look like players who are, are trying to leave. Well, if I was a, a manager at another club, I wouldn't want to be signing players like that who, who don't want to fight for the manager that's under pressure. I wouldn't want to be signing players who, who cannot be asked to fight and, and, and compete when there is something to fight for. I want players who want to fight for a team and want to and compete for a place. But I guess it comes down to an argument of are the players under pressure enough from the players around them? Is Bellerin being pressured enough with a backup? Is Alexis being pressured enough? Is Ozil? And the answer is probably no. Absolutely. Lee, I want to come to you with this one, mate. Um, since February the 15th, we've only beaten one professional football team, being West Ham. Since February the 15th. The Lincoln guys get paid. They're professional. Well, they're actually not because they're they're in the semi-professional. Is it? They're not. The Van Rama League is not professional. Um, no, I got, I got you. Sorry. I don't, well, I don't think it is. But anyway, um, semi-pro. Semi-pro. Some are semi-pro. Yeah. Some are pros. So uh, it depends on the team, but yeah. So since February, that's two months nearly. We haven't. The only professional team we've beaten is West Ham League. Bit sad, isn't it? Well, yeah, I have to say that. And I, I did say after that first half performance, how bad were West Ham, you know? And, um, you know, it just put into perspective last night, you know. I think, it, listen, we've got to give um, Crystal Bass. Yes, I was just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They obviously worked on our weaknesses and exploited them to, to, to the maximum. And uh, 
for that, I'll give him credit. Um, I, I said it a few weeks ago, Craig, and I'll say it again, you know, I, mean, I, I fear for when we're going to win a game the way we're playing. I really do, you know. We, we, we're, if we're conceding three goals every time we go away from home, we're not going to win away from home any any time soon. Mm-hmm. Now, our away games are Middlesbrough that don't score goals, but I, I guarantee you now that they will score a goal against us. I'm not saying we lose, but I bet they score. Then then we've got Spurs, and we've got Stoke away from home as well. Oh, and we've also got Southampton somewhere along the line, you know. So, our, so how many points are we going to get out realistically out of those away games? Well, we never, we, we we don't seem to, we can never beat the the unclean, can we? Up in Stoke, it's, it's we, a, a real dilemma. And um, I hope under Wenger, he's got to um, he's got to change things. And if he's not going to change things, we're in a real predicament. And I think that what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to bring Mertesacker back. He's going to have to. If Kachelny is fit, bring him back in. Do you know what I would do now? Yeah, I put Mustafi out at right back, um, Koscielny and Mertesacker. Uh, I thought Monreal was the only one that could have come out of any credit yesterday, if I'll be honest. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, and I, I would go with that back four. I'd put Coquelin in front of that. And um, I just think that um, we need to stay solid for the next few, three or four games. And, and maybe one of our forwards, Nick Saint. But, that, but he's going to have to change it. And... I, I, the stubbornness of him maybe that it won't but to, to just win one game listen if, if the season started in January we'd be in the relegation zone now now come on if this was the beginning of the season and we had gone halfway through the season and we're in the relegation zone would a manager still be there? Mm. You know, Probably. How can you go to games <laughs> unbeat to, to this? Yeah. A manager turn around come on turn around and say oh it's got nothing to do with this it's got nothing to do with that you know, something's wrong. And I just can't see it being fixed early. And, and you know, I, I, I can see another couple of hammerings along the line. I can't see us, you know, as I say, like, you know, beating Spurs. And I certainly can't see us beating Stoke. That's another team that, you know, um, we don't get no joy against. Yeah. Pulish, um, Sam Allardyce and uh, Mark Hughes. They're all rubbing their hands because they know exactly, you know, they're going to get a nice little, um, you know, feather in their cap by stuffing the Arsenal. Yeah. And it's a big worry. It's a massive worry. Um, It's Middlesbrough next, isn't it? Middlesbrough away. Uh, Yay. (laughs) Can't wait. Monday night in Middlesbrough. That that, that sounds like a lot of fun. I can't wait. Um, I'm full of joy and anticipation. For that one, hear it in your voice. Yeah, <laughs> lads, it's been a pleasure speaking to you this evening. You Mike, thank you very much for uh, that uh, very yeah, short notice booty call. Cheers for having me on. Oh, you're, you're appreciate absolutely it. our pleasure, mate. Mister Canton, love your pod, love your podcast, and I love yours Just too. And I love yours too, um, Tom. Oh, that's so sweet. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> It's okay. I'm just, a good, bit, I'm just a bit sad that Mike never picks up Michael's at gone eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm waiting for the first one to come in. <laughs> How's the Guna talk going for your time? How's the Guna talk going? It's hard work, mate. But uh, told you uh, that. Maybe I'll go a week where they don't ask for you back. <laughs> oh yeah. I wasn't. I heard. Say um, anything, Tom. 
I heard you went to London on uh, Saturday, and every other person that passed you asked where I was. They did. They did. They were like, "Oh, where is he?" I mean, you're, you're all right, but you know, you're no Craig, so <laughs> just do one, will you? <laughs> That's fair. That's not very nice, Tom. You're doing a fantastic job, mate. You're doing a fantastic job. Um, so yeah, leave Tom alone. Hashtag leave Tom alone. Hashtag he's here to stay. He's here to stay. <laughs> Tom in. <laughs> and of course, my man, my main man, Lee Judges. Thanks, mate. Um, it's been a tough one this evening, Lee, hasn't it? Well, yeah, it's been. You know what? That's, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I've it's just, I've had to uh, psych myself up for this one tonight. You know, what I mean, put my captain's armband on and lead from the front. You know, it's been tough. Tough. You did but, it for Randy. <laughs> <laughs> we took one for the team, Craig. Today we've done it for the team. We did. I, I mean, I, I I tweeted out this morning when when I announced that you know that we were recording tonight that I I I, I really didn't want to do it, but. I, Kenny Ken, who unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. Um, <laughs> poor, poor old Kenny, um, who couldn't be with us tonight, said that we have to do it because um, it will be therapeutic. And it and it actually, funnily, has been. Um, we better make sure he's okay then, Craig. Yes. Yeah. Better make sure he's okay. Stuck, stuck in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only did... Uh, did Mems take his camera into the toilet with him this evening? I wonder. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Um, and thank you all for the amazing support once again. Uh, my thanks to Mike, my thanks to Lee, and my thanks to Tom. We will be back with you next week. Um, where we Next week, uh, we will have uh, Amanda on. Um, for any of you that might know Amanda, she was a part of the Guna Girls podcast that unfortunately stopped um I think it was about a year and a half ago now it was always a good listen so amanda will be coming on uh with me and lee and another guest um to be confirmed so until next week up the arsenal sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.